0: Hello, viewers! Welcome back to the Critics Corner for March 30th, 1984. I'm Gene Shallott, and I just returned from a very distressing two days of movie watching. Has anyone else noticed that theater floors are so sticky nowadays? I mean, come on. Have these places ever heard of a mop? They're just coated with goo. Am I right, Brian Gumble? Of course I am. Anyway, on to my reviews. And boy, oh boy, how these movies are rated PG, I'll never know. Romancing the bone, more like romancing the stone, which is what I think this movie was supposed to be based on. This film was so blatantly sexual that I thought I had walked into pole dancing with Joan or even blow man's thing and groan, both of which I accidentally rented on Thursday. What's that now? Speak up, Willard Scott. A porno? I don't see how that's possible. I walked into a perfectly respectable little theater on 42nd Street and 8th Avenue in the middle of the day and it was pitch black in the lobby, the carpeting squished beneath my feet and the air smelled like bleach, exactly the way a movie theater is supposed to be. Oh really? Well, I was there two days in a row and I think I would have noticed if something was off. I mean sure, Gay Stroke, The Dredging of Scarred Can, Lord of the Gapes, and its sequel, Gray Poke, The Edging of Old Man, Bored of His Grapes, were certainly more graphic meditations on the Edgar Rice Burroughs classic than I'm used to seeing, but come on, the man grew up naked in a jungle. Stop being such a prude about these things, Jane Pauly. Believe me, I know an x-ray theater when I see one. The titles on the marquee are what tip me off like Beat Street and Splash and Swing Shift and Greystoke The Legend of Tarzan Lord of the Apes Coming soon This summer At theaters everywhere Opening weekend Rated R
1: Welcome to episode 72. (laughs) Oh no, 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 no. We're already there. (gasps) Welcome to episode 72 of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matissa, and today we're revisiting March 30th, 1984, and the release of Robert Zemeckis's Romancing the Stone, starring Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, and Danny DeVito, and Hugh Hudson's Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes, which marked the last screen appearance of Sir Ralph Richardson and the first screen appearances of this film's respective Tarzan and Jane, Christopher Lambert, and Andy McDowell. But before we dive into the week's films, where were you boys in late March of 1984? Now, this is a year we talk about a lot, so it's hard not to repeat ourselves, but go for it.
2: (laughs) But no pressure at all. I'm not going to repeat myself. I'm not going to repeat myself at all. You never do. I never do. So I used to make up stories about movies. Uh, oh, wait, did I say that already?
1: <laughs> yeah, you said only <laughs> oh, in 32 of the uh, 72 it. episodes. I was in March,
2: 1984. I was in sixth grade. I was in Mr. Gebick's class. Oh. He was the coolest teacher. I was really excited. I mentioned Mr. Gebick before because he was a big fan of my road warrior costume. Yes, Earlier right. this year. But Mr. Gebick was super cool. It's so funny. I was thinking about this, like in my head- I'm sure this is everyone. Like, in my head, I I, I remember Mr. Gebbeck as, like, a much older man. He was probably, you know, in my mm. head, he, he was, like, in his 60s or something or 70s. In my memory, he was probably, like, in his 30s or something. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, right. I, uh, who knows? What? So, what else? I was in sixth grade. I was about to go to England, I remember, uh, in a couple of weeks. Oh. oh, what for? I believe for my cousin Ian's wedding. And I saw one of these movies there. In England, I saw Greystoke there, along with Footloose. Saw Footloose in England at the time. Dang. And uh, I remember, you know what I was doing around this time? I, I was reading a lot of books that sort of became like formative, because the reason I bring it up is Greystoke, I remember, I saw it in England, and... I was really, and we'll talk about this more, but I was like really into Tarzan at the time. And I remember reading, I had a version of the book, of the Edgar Rice Burroughs book. And I, and I did a search online. I was like, Tarzan, 1980s edition. And I found it. I was like, holy shit, that was it. It was a white cover and it was him swinging on a vine. And there was a little baby and a cheetah and a gorilla Mm -hmm. And I started to think, oh, this is a time when I was really, I was always a reader, but like I started to come into my own as a reader. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about in other episodes Uh, in seventh grade, I got really into Stephen King. But this was, you know what I started to read around this time, which was like a a huge thing? The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Which... I don't think I fully got at the time, but it was one, and we've talked about this in other episodes where like you're introduced to something by an older babysitter or a friend or, (laughs) you know, a friend's brother or whatever. And this was one of those things. And I think actually this might've been the same guy speaking of the road warrior earlier. We had, I had a babysitter. I think his name was Scott Susson and he was the guy who introduced me to The Road Warrior and Clockwork Orange and all these movies that I probably. Sex. <laughs> and sex, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All these. That was Nora Francisconi.
1: Go oh, back right. to episode seventy-one. Well, they, wait, that was her coat. That was her, her coat. Her, her yeah, coat sorry. Introduced you to sex. Yeah, but I mean, Jeez. you know, considering
2: considering how short an experience the actual sexual experience was, it was. Sure. I, I, I may as well have had sex with Nora Francisconi's coat.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, go back, <laughs> however many episodes it was, where Fred last episode. <laughs> gra- it was last episode. Graphically explains. Having sex with Connie Francis's coach. Okay, go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. Oh so Scott
3: wasn't sussing you out, in other words. Hey, oh. He was just babysitting.
2: But I think he, you know, he was introducing to me and, you know, he was really into like British humor. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that he was the first person who mentioned Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to me. And I remember, because I thought he was super cool, like he played D&D and mm-hmm. he was just into all this, what I thought was cool stuff. And I remember going to the library, the public library and finding it, you know, getting like the hardcover copy and taking it out and not really getting it, but thinking, it was one of those things where you felt cool. You're like, this is, not everyone is reading this, but the mm-hmm. cool kids are. And like I'm being introduced to a huge it was same thing like you know discovering Monty Python. Yes. That type the cool of thing. Cool nerds were into
3: some of these things. Like before yeah. you like the nerd you had the nerd nerds and then they were like there were different strata to the nerdity. And yes. the cooler nerds were like oh you need to watch Monty Python. Oh you need to read Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. Yeah. And you were playing D&D at this time too? Yeah, but
2: we played wow. We
3: w- I see I that was so. something that was untouchable for me It's like that's like remember when we talked about oh this is the older kids video games yeah that yeah, yeah. stuff for like the stuff you're describing is like the kids who are like so so advanced in their nerdity that they're, they're they' they they come back around again to being cool.
2: But Dan, what yeah. you have to understand is we did play d d here and there. Mm. And and I think I've talked about this before, but we were too lazy to read all the instructions and right. like all the different die. So it was basically, I've said this before, we would use, we might have used all the 10-sided die at one time. All I remember was us doing, okay, we'll use the six-sided die. One to three, you live. Four to six, you're dead. Or like you know one to three, you, you make it out of that perilous situation. We played it, you know we we were fast and loose with with our D D playing. Yeah, so I'm to, already
3: lost. I'm that that's already too complicated <laughs> for me. I already would oh, be like, you know what? Just flip a coin. Oh, so they have coins back in those That's days. That's essentially flip a flipping
1: a coin. So <laughs> yeah, one to three, this happens. Four <laughs> to six, this happens. Yeah. Is like flipping a coin. <laughs>
3: too complicated. It's, too it's a complicated 50, 50 for me. chance. Remember the game Trivial Pursuit? Sure, of course. That? Yes, <laughs> that. Everybody remember that call-in? If you recall that game. <laughs> Did that come out around this time? Right around uh, this time. Yeah, I think. Wow, so. right around now. Um, that was, uh, uh, you know,
1: I love that.
3: Yeah, I loved it too, Jason. Like, oh, God. Yeah. I so loved it, and it was it was hard because there weren't the different versions yet. You know, mm-hmm. not quite yet. That comes in later of like, oh, there's. All right, let's do a version for kids. Let's do. So you were playing and trying to figure out the same shit as your parents, yeah. same stuff as your parents, and you're and you're going, I don't know what this is, and they're giving you hints because half the questions are about like you know Spiro Agnew and stuff. And you're going, <laughs> I don't know who these people are. You know, there's like mm. you know the history category is like impossible because it's all stuff from before you. Were it born, was a really tough your game. Parents yeah. are like running the category, and it was really tough. It was really tough. So we would all they would always give me and my sister uh, hints of like, okay, rhymes with. Flixen. Richard Nixon? Yes. Very
1: <laughs> good. With
2: good job. You got it. You're smart. I'm impressed that you would even know that it rhymes with Flixen. I would go Dixon? <laughs> um, <yeah>. Donna
3: <laughs> Dixon? <laughs> Open China? Was the President of the United States Donna Dixon at this time? The uh, So we were doing a lot of that. Cabbage Patch Kids were
2: very big. My <gasps> sister oh, clamoring to get a Cabbage a Patch. Did you have one, here. Fred? No, but, oh. oh my God, you just reminded me this, that was huge. My sister got one this year. Jeffrey Parker Jr. was the name. And when we were in England, I destroy, I didn't destroy Jeffrey Parker Jr., but we were at- I can't believe you remember the name. He sang the theme to Ghostbusters.
3: He <laughs> sang Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no. Did he get
1: Jeffrey Parker Jr.? And then two months later, Ghostbusters comes out and you're like- Jeffrey your adopted <laughs> father
3: <laughs> has the number one hit single in the country.
2: No, I Why remember did you destroy him. I didn't destroy him, but I remember very clearly because it was a real big deal when my sister got it and like we thought I just remember thinking all of us thought those things were so fucking cute like we couldn't <laughs> take how goddamn Fucking cute, those cabbage. <laughs> Jeffrey Parker Jr. were so fucking like we couldn't get enough. It was it was indescribable how cute this doll could be. I mean, they were really sort of terrifying looking when yeah, you think about it. Yeah, these fat
1: dimpled Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> but at the time, but when we were in England, was I'm remembering this. We were staying coveted. at someone's house, mm-hmm. and we were we were on these scooters. Remember those scooters that you used to ride around in gym class on the floor. In elementary school, they're like blue scooters and you'd play like crab ball with them. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, they're basically like, they're basically like, like, um... Like dollies,
3: they're like they the dollies. That's yes. all it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: they took like something the janitor wasn't using in the time. Like, give me twenty more of these, and uh, yeah, put the kids on them and let them we'll go. Make nuts. a game out of
1: it? Yeah, I- I'm going to use this dolly to take care of this dolly. This dolly. Well, I did. I was
2: riding around in England on one of those with Jeffrey Parker Jr. and I dropped him and I ran over his head and he had a scar on his head and my parents were so pissed because because they knew how much Jeffrey Parker Jr. meant. to your My sister. And how much Simona. Jeffrey Parker and Jr. costs cost because exactly. they in, yes. their,
3: in money and time and energy yeah. because they had to probably wait overnight till the store opened to get oh, Jeffrey Parker crazy. Jr. If you
1: were a kid with more than one cabbage patch doll, that meant that you, your father did something not so uh, <laughs> up and up for a living. <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, these two fell off the back of hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you couldn't get those things for lover money. Johnny
2: Rose Beef, you know, got you, got a few of them for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Johnny Roast Beef was so. Did you them. have a cabbage patch? Did you have a Jeffrey Parker Jr. of your own, Dan? Did I your didn't, sister? but
3: the sister definitely did. Yeah. I don't remember the name, but it was, a, it was, it was, you know, the, I don't know. Again, we've said this kind of thing on the podcast before, but I don't know that there are toys today that people, I guess the last big one that I can remember is like Tickle Me Elmo. And that's got to yeah. be 20, 25 years ago, right? It's is ex, anything almost today exactly
1: 95 like or 96. Yeah. yeah is it anything today?
3: Elmo. Is there anything today that like the parents are, going that berserk over because cabbage patch was a phenomenon it was nuts
2: yeah i mean there are like you know when like the xboxes or play new playstations or stuff like that come out then it's weird then it'll be like old there there were these things not fidget spinners there were these things that Mm. came out several years ago and then they like came back again i remember my kids boomerangs boom everyone (laughs) everyone wanted a boomerang (laughs) <laughs> they came out and then they came, came back out,
1: again, came back again. Yeah. There you go. That was funny. Uh, Furbies. <laughs> but that was like the same time as Tickle Me Elmo. That was like yeah. right around that time.
2: That was that, uh, that chat group I belonged to as well in the, the early aughts, the Furbies. The Furbies. <laughs> you you were dresser, part of Furbies. Yeah. yeah so you would different.
3: just take your shirt off. In other words.
2: Exactly. <laughs> did um, you have a cabin? Did you have a Jeffrey Parker Jr. of yes. your own, Jason? Well,
1: I mean, I didn't, but, but <clears throat> Tiffany did. My sister did. She right. Had, she had one. I don't remember the name. I don't, you know, but it was like, yeah, it was like, oh my God, thank God. And then it's like a status symbol, right? It's like, it was yes. like like a, the right yes. pair of jeans or something. It was like, oh, I just have to say I have one of these fucking things. Like I just put it on the shelf. Oh, yeah, and that's it. Like, I don't remember my sister oh being my super obsessed with it once she got it, but I think right. just being like, okay, well, I got it. I, I checked that box, you know, <laughs> I may have been more obsessed deal. with
2: Jeffrey Parker Jr. than my sister. Was. It sounds
1: like it. You're taking him out for rides. I know. <laughs> yeah. We made a movie <laughs> with him <laughs>
2: later, Damon and Suds and I, and I think my friend Josh, we made him when we were a little older, we made a movie that the life and times of Jeffrey Parker Jr. And we actually oh had a scene God. with a cabbage, where like he he like leaps out of the cabbage or something I don't remember what happens. <laughs> leaps to him out of it. The yeah, <laughs> like someone someone might have had sex with the cabbage. I don't remember. Really oh, good
3: God's God's gravy! Yeah. Please, please find that movie. What were you doing, Jason? I <laughs> have been in this business.
1: No, <laughs> no I I you went... literally can't say <laughs> I can't the say letter. Word I. There's an I can't alf- say there's an al- there's
2: a letter in the yeah. alphabet that we can't say without you can't, thinking. You can't of-
1: say without a if you pause after it, then you're done. <laughs> This is it.
3: the year the Cosby show debuts is 84. <gasps> this, this year. You're
1: absolutely right. Oh, fall we of 84. Obsessed with
2: that.
3: Right. Yes. That was one of the most
2: exciting nights in
3: television. I remember watching that. Oh, them remember. coming down the stairs and singing. I'll never forget that. And
2: and Rudy <laughs> going, Baby. We all must have been obsessed with himself at this time, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Bill yeah. Cosby himself, yes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And, and all the albums and stuff. Right. I fucking loved him so, so much at this time. Yeah. So that was fall of eighty-four. That's right. That was huge. huge. Um, I, uh, I, at this time, I think I was in, I was thinking about it. I was on the math team and it's not because you're talking about nerdiness, but not because I was good at math. I was just serviceable at math. I joined it because the pretty girl that I had a crush on was in on the math team and she didn't want to be in it either. It was just like a thing that you had. There was some sort of like requirement that you had to fill, this was in seventh grade and it was, it was like you either had to do a certain amount of, I don't know, it was either extra credit homework or you had to do some, I can't remember what the condition was, but it was like you can do A, B, C or D or join the math team for a semester. <laughs> and there were like the real, you know mathematicians the real the real brainiacs were there and then there were two other people this girl who was like okay i'll do that and so i don't have to do the other thing and she she wasn't particularly great at math as far as i know uh and then there was me just going just to be you know breathing in the same air that she was <laughs> and we would like go to school early like 7 30 in the morning and we'd say and oh, math yeah. team is just you know you just sit there and the guy gives you math problems and you work on them and see, oh, who got them right. It's just like extra math class. That's mostly what it was, except then after a few, you know, and and I'm like, this is great. I just get to like hang out with her. I'm not in that many classes with her. This is just more time with her And then it's like, okay, Thursday, the math meet. And it's like, whoa, going Mm -hmm. to like another school to compete. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I am not, this is way too much. For me, like, it was it was a horrible, horrible experience. Yeah, you know, now you're like, a
2: mathlete, and yeah, you never I wanted like to be. It against the mathletes, they, that was the name of the, yes, that was the name of the team in our school, the mathletes. I think
1: mm-hmm. that was the name in every, every school in the was United States yeah. of America was probably the mathletes. <laughs> what else was it going to be? Um,
0: the number crunchers. Um, <laughs> the digits. Uh, <laughs> Abacus Finch. <laughs>
3: All oh, The know. Remainders. <gasps> the, the Remainders? That
1: would oh. be a good band
2: name for you, Fred.
1: That's great. No, the that's remainders. the movie we'll make about the math team.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the punky kids, you know, who did yes. math. Yeah, and Lou Diamond, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips
3: teaches them somehow. Lou Diamond Phillips teaches them.
2: That's great. <gasps> oh. And in turn, they teach him. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Freddie Scalzetti. That was the hey. teacher's hey. name. Oh, come Freddy on. Scalzetti. Freddy no. Scalzetti okay. will
2: get you some Cabbage Patch Kids. That's oh, right. yeah, we'll send that's him
1: right, right up the river to you. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, he didn't really care if I was any good at math. He was like, "Ah, eh, you know, whatever." Ready, so it was fine. Nobody ready. was angry at me when I failed miserably uh, during the math uh, the the demathalon or whatever we called it. <laughs> I had no <an> idea. <laughs> I also went to my first uh Bar Mitzvah. I went to my friend David Kamsler's Bar Mitzvah Masel. this year. And oh, yeah, because you were in seventh summer. grade, so that would have been- I was in seventh uh, yeah. grade, wow. right, right. So right. he was in
2: early bar mitzvah then.
1: He was, a, yeah, yeah.
2: Did your paramour from Mathletes go to the bar mitzvah as well?
1: No, she didn't interact with anybody in my- st- ah. st- Unless unless we were doing long division, there was no mingling of so I was going to
2: say, if she had gone and the two of you were there, you could have been romancing the Shalom. <gasps> <gasps> yeah, God. It hurts. It hurts. Everything
1: hurts. Ah, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt as bad as romancing the stone.
2: Ira, you miserable worm, you lied to me. You said she was a city girl. Out of her element. Just get her in the map and bring him back. Piece of cake. Piece of cake, my butt. What went wrong?
0: I'll tell you what went wrong. (sighs) First of all, guess who else is here? Your You're right. dead right, Solo.
2: What?
0: Secondly, she's got herself a partner. Like shooting holes in everything. The minimum price for taking a stranded woman to a telephone is $400.
2: 375 in traveler's checks? Not a deal. Huh? That's
0: just the beginning of what's going on down here.
1: romantic adventure writer named Joan Wilder, played by an excellent Kathleen Turner, who won a Golden Globe for her portrayal, is hurled into a real-life adventure in the Colombian jungle when she learns that her kidnapped sister will be killed if a treasure map is not delivered to her captors, including a far-better-than-his-material Danny DeVito. She is reluctantly aided by gruff mercenary Jack Colton, played by Michael Douglas, who also produced, and together they search for the priceless gem located in the Map. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, who was slated to helm 1985's Cocoon, but then lost the job after studio executives were unimpressed by an early screening of Stone, the film was a surprise hit, benefiting from audience anticipation for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and earning not only $86.6 million at the worldwide box office, but an even bigger 1985 gig for Zemeckis, the first installment of Back to the Future. Fred and Dan, what would you boys think of Romancing the Stone?
2: I remember seeing this movie in the theaters and loving it. I remember, now, Hmm. correct me if I'm wrong and help me out. I was was trying to do a little research and figure this out. I remember a couple of things about this. I remember going to see it. I'm, I'm guessing I saw it before I went to England. I feel like I saw it pretty soon after it opened. And one of the reasons was... It was like, oh, my God, this it takes place in the jungle. There's a dude with a hat. There's vines. <laughs> there's, he's got a shotgun. Like, from the commercials, it looked like, no, like, like you said, it was Raiders mm-hmm. of the Lost Ark, you know, it was mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. And I remember going, walk, we saw it, uh, it as a movie theater, which was on Plandome Road in our town, and I remember walking there from our house, which was a bit of a walk, I think, with our babysitter, who I've mentioned before, Kristen Schleifer. I think no. it was with her and my sister, and what I seem to remember is that they just raised the prices of movies. And oh, we were sort yeah. of shocked because my parents had given us money to pay for it. And we needed a little bit more because <laughs> they raised it to $5. Oh, I think it was $5 how, or like $4.50. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, whoa, that. that's crazy. Like, this yeah. is nuts. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was looking back, I was looking online. I mean, movies around this time, either like two or three bucks in most of the country. You know, yes. in New York, maybe it was a little bit higher, mm-hmm. but you know, five dollars was you're like Jesus. Where they're God, they're really gouging us here. Yeah, but I remember really, really loving it, having a great time. Again, it was everything I wanted. It was jungle adventures and in Indiana Jones, like uh, you know, a sexy woman uh, and 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 a funny little guy. Um, and it was all like it was amazing too. I'm thinking about it. This movie put pretty much all three of those leads on the map. Like Michael Douglas was really known more as a producer. I mean, he was a TV guy, did the streets of San Francisco. I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but he was producing a lot. the great Carl Malden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was producing. He'd done some stuff here and there, but he wasn't like, you know, a a big movie star uh, like he was in a couple of years later with Wall Mm -hmm. Street. Kathleen Turner had... You know, I think body heat, the, body, body heat, heat. You know, so she was like getting there. Danny DeVito done Taxi, so he's big from that. Course. But this was sort of, I think this was their first real big movie. You know, yes. um, and I had no idea. I didn't even. I for, completely forgot that that Robert Zemeckis uh, directed this movie. I totally forgot that yeah. too.
1: And when yeah. you watch it, you're like Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. <laughs> it's like before. It's like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was right. like, huh. Well, you can say finding
2: his feet. I I mean, I don't, I don't know. I still think it, I, I still enjoyed it. I still think it, it holds up for what it is. It's not, you know, I think they're all great. I think Kathleen Turner is absolutely adorable in this movie. Mm -hmm. She's excellent. She's very disarming and like, And uh, just even hearing the name, like it all came back like the Jean Wilder. I was like, oh, yeah, Yeah. I remember that. You know, everything, everything came back as I'm watching it. The music. (laughs) I was all sort of thrown (laughs) back. Uh,
1: The 80s tootsie music. Oh, totally.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for me, watching it was just like reliving all those great memories. And, you know, it's a great. Here's the thing. It's a great idea. It's a great idea of, of this this romance adventure novelist becoming the hero of her own romance adventure novel, which I think mm-hmm. is what the Sandra Bullock uh, uh, um, Channing Tatum movie that's coming out soon is. That's exactly what it's about, yeah, or, or something okay. like that. Right. Okay. And I think for for me at least, watching it this time, the majority of it holds up to that and does a good job. Uh, you know. It's there are a few shortcuts they take here and there, but for the most part, I had a lot of fun watching it. You know, it's not what I found interesting. There's some there's some writing in it that I was cringing a little in the beginning. It was very expositionary, uh, expository. That's expositionary. Mm-hmm. I don't think is a word. Mm. Uh, and what I didn't realize—I kn- I knew nothing about this—but in reading up, it was the woman who wrote this. Uh, her name was what is it, Diane Thomas? Yeah, this is her I was first screenplay. To know more about her. Oh, this okay. is the first thing she ever did, and she died. She died a year <gasps> right before, like yeah. a year after this. Yeah, Whoa. in a car crash in a Porsche that Michael Douglas had bought her. Uh, as a gift, as like a oh congratulatory boy. gift. What? Uh, and her, her boyfriend was was under the influence. And oh, God. I don't yeah, like she died at, at at 29. And she was supposed wow. to wrote she wrote always. <laughs> she wrote always. Ooh. And she was supposed to write the third Indiana Jones, which oh, is wow. going to take place in a haunted mansion.
3: I'm down so, with that. I'm down with it.
2: Yeah. I'm down uh, with it. But you can sort of you get the feeling that it's a first time writer. But I think Michael Douglas just has loved the idea so much that he's like, "Yep, I'm 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 doing this. I'm I'm going for it." I think they have great chemistry. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think for the time for an, uh, a, a a a 1980s you know romance like this, it's just it's it's perfect. I think it it you know checks off all the boxes. Please, I need your help. That's my new career, huh? It's
0: very... Lady, lady. Half a year's work just flew south for
2: the winter, all right? My jeep is totaled. In about five minutes, everything I own in the world is going to be wet. So can you lighten up, please? I really don't have the time. I'll pay you. You don't understand. It's a matter of life and death. If I don't get to my sister... How much? Fifty dollars?
0: Oh, shit.
2: Well, you you said you just lost everything you owned. Not my
3: sense of humor. I think he liked the idea of himself as an Indiana Jones type. Yes, as a Harrison Ford type. I think he was looking for. I I, I mean, I bet you he was looking for a screenplay to produce, and he went, ah, this is what's hot now, and I can do this. He needed to do a little upper body work. (laughs) I'm not body shaming him. I don't mean to body shame. 1984. Michael Douglas. He's very thin. He doesn't look like he could handle himself out there. She handles the machete better than him. Like she's more of a pro with that machete. I I wish the movie had like gone full tilt.
1: And what you're you're kind of edging towards is, is no, that like. She goes, she gets swept up in this adventure. There's this guy, but he's an asshole. And she starts getting and a taste for it. And she it. takes over. And yes. she's like, I'm the guy. I'm yes. the hero. There you You're go. the right. sidekick or something. And it never that, quite goes there, even though she does come into her
0: own. She and, does know, come into her own at the loved end. Loved I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, she, does. she,
2: is the, she is the one that sort of, you know, saves the day at the end, which mm-hmm. I'm really glad they did. Because it could have, you know, in, for, a lot of the movies in the 80s at this time might have gone the other direction with that. But I I it. That Yeah. they did that, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. They could have gotten more with that. I,
3: I, I you know, uh, there's another series of movies around this time that I've never seen, and it's the is it the um, the King Solomon's uh, Mines, Alan Quartermain movie, yeah. the Alan Quartermain movie. So there's a lot of sort of copycat, oh, yeah. you know, um, things yeah. going at this time. But it is very different from Indiana Jones. But the the thing is, it kind of I, I I I wasn't. Caught up enough in the main thrust of their relationship to be able to uh, fully invest. This movie was on cable a lot. I did not see it in the theaters back in the 80s, um, but it was, I saw it at friends' houses a bunch on cable and I, never thought that I had seen every scene of it. I thought that I, it was one of those movies that I had only ever seen bits and pieces of and never seen the whole thing from start to finish. But I must have seen the whole thing at some point because every scene was familiar to me. I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. And I remember being pretty bored by it. And I was again, here's the thing. The, the relationship really hinges on, kind of one thing and one thing only can she trust him mm-hmm. and you you lose a lot of the juice of that because they they get together um before she kind of knows she can fully trust him and then there's only one moment it's the moment that they're on the two opposite sides of the river where she questions that again but There's a key thing that happens where he's like, no, no, we'll go get the stone. And she's like, sounds good to me. No, you don't go get the stone. You take that map and you save your sister. It's not you can't trust him yet. That's not a, you You don't know what he's, you know what I mean? And the movie is telling you not to trust him because yeah. the movie is signaling you throughout it that he's untrustworthy. That's interesting to me. That's he, he, really interesting. They didn't exploit it. They didn't go anywhere with yeah. it. So their relationship doesn't develop in an interesting way. They just are in love and, oh gosh, we're, at the, we're on the opposite side of the river. I hope you show up in the, in the the at the place where I have to meet right. my sister. And then he does. And then... The movie's kind of over after that, and then he does it again. It kind of repeats itself. Will you yeah. show up back in New York? Yes, he does, yeah. and that—that's where it goes. But the <laughs> logic of how we get there doesn't make sense because she would never say, "Yeah, let's have an adventure while my sister's life is in peril." I have the missing key to the thing to save her right in my back, and it's always been. It, there. Well, I think, and but that, that was the whole
2: point was that he sells her on the fact that if you get the stone, you have even more to bargain with. I think that's that, what they that were going That doesn't make for.
3: logical sense, Fred. How does that make any logical sense?
2: Because they they want, he's saying, cut out the middleman. They want the map to get to the stone. Let's get the stone. Then we don't have to give them the map. We got something even more important that's how we get your sister back, by the giving you, them the stone. But, the, no. He that's how give he's the selling He to
1: wants to that, give them the map. He wants to get the stone for he them. Wants no, to get the he stone, wants the stone,
2: out. but that's what he's selling it to her. That, 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 that's where the logic, well, I, I think, what they were trying to put A to B to Z, is that th- that's what he was selling her at. That's like, exactly that's what it was. That's what she, she track
1: seems me. like she wants, is like in on the adventure. And uh, right. you know he's about to fuck her over. He's about to fuck her over. He's literally having sex with her. and 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 has to slip the map back into her bag because she's she's game to go forward with him he does he does horrible things and (laughs) there is no comeuppance because she just happens to be like
2: yeah yeah, no, I don't think that's, idea. I didn't get that at all. I think she wants to do it nah. to get her It's not the most dramatic, no. it's not, you know, super dramatically played. She wants to get her sister back and she's, yes, yeah, she gets she swept up She does want her sister it.
1: back, but she gets swept up in the idea of we can have it all. We can have our cake and eat it too, is what sure. I get from the movie. Right, which means mm-hmm. we get the stone and then we give them a map that's, a MacGuffin that's a false they're yeah. not going to find anything and when they you get, get there. to have
3: and you get to have your boat and we get to sail around the world together yeah. I get to have everything I've ever wanted including adventure it doesn't track with with that any she kind would do of that to her sister that yeah. like she would do that to her sister we no. don't know their relationship
2: <laughs> we don't know maybe the sister was a pain the sister didn't seem like the the nicest sister true I mean you know so true
3: She should have said, look, if you feed my sister to the crocodiles, then I will give you the stone. That makes sense. When when, when he
1: stole the map and then and then and then there's a moment he realizes, oh, I don't need to. She's she's going along for this ride. I thought, is he ever going to get caught and have to own up to what he did? The act that we saw him commit and have to redeem himself. Or does he just yes. get away with this? Right, And in which case, blech, And that's kind of what happens. That's kind of that that what kind of just gets away with it. And they I, needed a dark yes, night of he, the
2: soul moment of this movie. There you this go. movie was very yeah. like, save the cat, you know, sort of paint by numbers. But they needed, <laughs> <Yes>. he <laughs> wanted to be, uh, to, to your point before, you know, he Michael Douglas wanted to be more of this Indiana Jones type. But mm-hmm. you got to show the hard edges. And that would have made it more interesting. Yes, if he does get a comeuppance and- you know, there is that realization of he's just in it for himself.
1: Yeah, it's very Han Solo ish, right? It's very like I'm just doing my thing, and I'm gonna, and that's great. But they're soldier of yeah. fortune
3: kind of a thing. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a, he's a guy. He's a gun for hire. He's that kind of a guy, and that's what the movie's setting you up to to the setting of that up that expectation pretty carefully, and then thwarts it in that moment that you just talked about, Jay, where he takes the map, puts it back in her bag, and you go, mm, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. And then you start thinking, but wait, the, 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 give it, getting the stone no longer tracks because now they, that has, that gives them less leverage. In my view, Fred, that gives them less leverage. What you do is you take the stone, which if you're going to do it, here's how you set it up. You take the stone. This is going, this is like the, the Hyman, uh, Hyman Roth, uh, uh <laughs> thing. you take the stone. Okay. And you hide it. You take your picture of yourself with it. And you hide the stone somewhere you only know. I do like that he puts it down his crotch though, because that's, you know, that's very funny. That, that, that's, that's his safekeeping place is down there. But you actually hide it. You hide it for real. And you say, we have the stone. The map is now useless. Send my sister to this location and I will send you the location of the
2: stone. That's how you do it. Let me ask you guys something. And I want you to answer honestly. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Michael Douglas shows up. Go ahead. Wearing those... Sexy white pants and that white blousey shirt, and he starts to do the merengue with you. You're gonna say you're not gonna fall for those wiles. You're not gonna. You're not gonna fall into bed with him. What does that got to do with anything?
3: What did you think of the movie, Jason?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm with
1: you, Dan. I, I I found I had seen it. I didn't see it in the theaters. I saw it on video. I remember renting the the tape and and watching it at home and being kind of like Me. mildly engaged, but mostly kind of right. bored. And, you know, the thing is, I loved Danny DeVito. I thought he was so funny and and he is funny in this, but like I said in the introduction, one I think he's one got one joke
3: over and over. He's got
1: no material and he's no. just playing it for all it's worth, though. And he's, yeah. you know, he's a star. He's, he's so magnetic and he's so funny, but he's got nothing to work with. And yeah. you talk about, and the, yes, the thing, the reason this movie, it's between it being indiana jones was in the air the zeitgeist that kind of thing people were looking forward to a new one coming out like a month and a half later this was like you get your fix a month and a half early
3: we talked about how dreamscape and great
1: trafficking in that same yeah yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah. and they're great the three actors are great performers who have great chemistry together i very have very fond memories it may not hold up either of jewel of the nile like i never really liked romancing the stone but i liked jewel of the nile more i remember when that came out a year and a half uh whatever year and a half later and uh and so i like the combination of the three of them um and, and that they're more, you know, they're cohorts and they're they're kind of a team together, as opposed to the, you know, Devito being one of the villains and at odds yeah. with them. But oh, um, okay, but I so I liked all three of them, especially Kathleen Turner. I thought she was especially great. Um, but that's all it is. I've it's always like liked her. Three likable actors, yeah. and that's it for me. Really, that's it. Because now without the kind of anticipation for indie thing, it even kind of, you know, because I thought it would be more exciting and adventurous and more stunts and more like, you know, there's not, it doesn't really live up to, in my mind, it doesn't seem to traffic in the same kind of thrills and, and no. things that But that it's Raiders not that because it's no, more, it's, it's yeah, doing it's the more the romance
2: thing, yeah. you know, it's doing the more, right. which I thought was, that was a great twist. I thought, I think they, I feel like they could have gone a little further with it, but when they show up at the village, and the, it's they they like it's basically like the the South American cartel basically, and they're all huge Joan Wilder fans. That was cute. That's really I thought funny. that was great because they set it up in the beginning.
1: That guy's great. Yes, yeah,
2: that yeah. yeah you're
1: right. They set up three. They sort of drop
2: it down the beginning that she's got a huge following there, and then you forget about it. Right. And I thought I thought that was actually yeah. really great. That's I'm a good
3: glad. payoff. Yeah, Alfonso Arau as Juan is my favorite performance in the movie. He's uh, very Next good. to Kathleen like. Turner, probably he's terrific.
2: Okay, Joan Wilder, write us out of
0: this one. John Wilder? John Wilder?
2: V. Joan Wilder? You are Joan Wilder, the novelist? Yes, I am. I read your books. I read all your books.
1: It's, you know, the hand with the crocodile getting bitten. It's, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a terrible title. Really terrible title romancing the stone (laughs) then they have this awkward line about he's romancing the stone out from It's like oh poor Danny DeVito. You gotta say that come on the song is good And I gotta say I don't care who you are if you're a writer any writer I don't care if you're an English-speaking writer. You can put two and two together and figure out what Leche de la Madre means. I mean, she has to ask him what Leche de la Madre means. Sweetheart, you're halfway there. You don't know what madre is? You've never heard of Leche? I know we're a little more we're in a more of a global kind of uh atmosphere here now. We're kind of you know, the give and take. I think you know Leche de la Madre. So this movie's not very strong. But um <laughs> You wouldn't <laughs> no, pay $5 I,
2: uh, for it at the multiplex?
1: Uh, no, no. I would be disappointed in this. Yeah. I think it would be like, I think it would be like an amiable time passer. That's Good what I way think of this it. movie Good kind of, of it. is. But Have then you again, had- you know, I didn't watch it. I did see it at that age, but I didn't go to the movies to see it. It wasn't no. like a, one of those benchmark things for me. It was like an afterthought. I saw it like a year later on video. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. The moment had
3: passed. So Yeah. On cable, on video. Did you ever have um did you ever, you know, you have you have a little bit of trouble getting to sleep and your mom says, you know, let me heat up a pan of warm milk for you. Let's put a little warm milk on the oh, stove. Yeah. Mm. And she doesn't quite burn it, doesn't boil it, doesn't scald it, but it's just kind of just warming. <laughs> and you just drink it and you go, Yeah, all right, what's the big deal about that? And then you fall asleep. That's <laughs> this movie. That's this movie (gasps)
2: overhyped
1: warm milk. Yes. That, that puts gets you to, you sleep. to sleep. Yeah.
2: I that get, relaxes gets you the enough. the job done. Yeah. Gets and then you pee job. in the bed at night because you drank too much warm milk before going to bed. And you're not supposed to do that. And you wake right. up all wet. That's literally
1: the leche <laughs> of the madre right there. Like your mother makes you warm milk.
2: <laughs> and then Danny DeVito runs into your bedroom and goes, oh, Jesus Christ, you just romanced the stone right in the bed. <laughs> like kidney stones. Yeah. Out my
1: oh, my God. Uh, we're talking about great actors in this movie. <laughs> By the same token. Is the guy who plays, is the is the literal Muppet who plays his cousin, <laughs>
2: his cousin yeah. oh, the God.
1: worst actor? I mean, oh, God. everything is barked in this very, it's like, you're a, I, I'm, I wish him well if he's still with us. I mean, you know, he's like doing what he was asked to do, but I was like, wow, this is not, it's not And it's like, well, you, sometimes you see a bad actor and you're like, yeah, but look at his hair. Look at some, there's nothing. There's nothing with this guy <laughs> bald head this beefy mustache he's weird eyes this weird face he's like he's not even like a star muppet he's not like a muppet <laughs> where you're like hey, you know the muppet that you you're like right. yeah we know the main muppets that we yeah. like it's like when they have a human muppet who's supposed to blend into the background a little bit it's yes. like make him look defeated anyway um, you're absolutely I'm gonna really give Jason. it like a six <laughs>
2: I'd give it a seven point five only because I have good memories of why I brought back a lot of good memories watching yeah. it, and it's—I I mean, I was the same way watching it. Like I, I, I was thought excited. I was like it more, I thought I was it was coming like, back. All the little moment. moments, like I forgot about the alligator bite. I was like, oh yeah, the alligator bites his hand. I was excited, mm-hmm. but it didn't add up to much in the end. No, so no. you know,
3: for me, it added up to five.
2: Okay. Five Like $5, like the $5 I spent seeing on Plan Dumb Road. Perfect.
3: five, But this is a $5 movie.
2: It wasn't It wasn't The King of the Jungle. Okay? <gasps> you say that.
3: Oh. But who
2: was The but King of the was. Jungle? Who do we think mayhap have been? <laughs> it certainly wasn't Tarzan because they don't mention his name at all. They I've don't, don't mention his,
1: his name at all. all. You're right.
2: But they do mention the name.
0: Greystoke, the legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. Greystoke,
1: the legend of... I'm going to say like a person. I'm going to say like the movie is. Greystoke, the legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes.
3: Damn, finally, that's good. Finally, we get that. We didn't right? get it in the movie. That's
2: true. <laughs> She sort of did. But it was more like this. <laughs> Animal noises. In
0: 1886, following a shipwreck off the west coast of Africa, an infant child became part of a family of apes who raised and protected him. As he grew, he learned the laws of the jungle and eventually claimed the title Lord of the Apes. Greystoke. The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. A story which captures at last the savage nobility and noble savagery of man's nature. Half of me is the half Christoke. The other half is wild.
1: When Scottish aristocrat Lord Clayton and his wife Alice die after being shipwrecked in the African jungle, their newborn baby is raised by a shrewdness of apes. I looked that up. That's what a group of apes is called. A shrewdness of apes. Brilliantly brought to life by a team of human actors and the creature effects of makeup wizard Rick Baker. Rediscovered by a Belgian explorer played by Ian Holm, Once he has grown to manhood, the child, played by Christopher Lambert, who is never explicitly referred to as Tarzan in the film, is returned to his doting grandfather, the Earl of Greystoke, Sir Ralph Richardson in his final Oscar-nominated role, and the strange and unfamiliar world of the British aristocracy, where he discovers that civilization can be a cruel place indeed. Originally, the passion project of Robert Towne Chariots of Fire's Hugh Hudson took over as director of this lush and serious-minded take on the ultimate nature-versus-nurture parable. Viggo Mortensen almost landed the title role of Tarzan, but Lambert's poor vision gave him a dimmer focus. But Hudson preferred and Tarzan's Jane, played by Andy McDowell, had her southern inflected dialogue dubbed over by Glenn Close in post-production. Ultimately, Greystoke, the lord of pretentious titles, earned forty five point nine million dollars after a six point five million dollar opening weekend. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think? Of Greystoke,
3: the legend of Taz and Lodernum. My mind is blown by what you just said because I didn't know that about Glenn Close. But oh, really? as I was watching it, Taylor came in. And I was like, I think, I think probably 80, 90% of Andy McDowell's lines, she had to do ADR. Like she had to do them after, you know, but that's not her. Is what she didn't saying. do any
2: ADR. No, no.
3: holy. But I thought it was well
1: dubbed. I thought it was a good job because I was like, if I didn't know it, I would, yeah, I would notice moments where I was like, oh, they obviously looped that. But I wouldn't think that another person gave the whole vocal performance.
3: Oh, wow. That's incredible. And even
2: more incredible that she still became a star after that, you know? Well, Hugh Hudson has said, I read an interview with him where he's like, I felt awful having to tell her that because she wasn't an actress either. And so right. he's like, I feel awful that we had to do that. But like she had this Southern accent mm. and she and Jane is supposed to be American. They set that up in the beginning, yeah. but He says, like, her accent was too strong and she wasn't a good actress. He goes, but Hmm. by doing that, look what happened. She obviously worked on her art and craft and became the Andy McDowell. That is brilliant today. Wow. Well, and it
3: also prepared her for Groundhog Day because this movie repeats itself and repeats (laughs) itself. I. And repeats itself. I. And repeats itself. I. How many apes? are going to die in Christopher Lambert's arms. You get the mother, you get Ralph Richardson, you get the father, you <laughs> have 75 more rapes. Every time they die in his arms, every time he takes the hand, pats his head with it and goes blah and runs around. This is a bad movie. The movie starts with an overture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So fascinating! It's it, the only reason for that. Well, there's two things I think happen there. What movies start with overtures? Epics, yeah. right? Epics and epics, yeah, big musicals and big right? musicals, yeah. but epics, right? Which means, and most movies that have overture at the beginning, before the opening titles, before the opening like studio uh, logo, know. it's overture. So you're coming into the theater with that. This movie is signaling you: you are about to see. An epic, the definitive, the definitive, and 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 that means that this thing originally was probably supposed to be three and a half hours long.
2: Apparently, there was there was more time spent in the jungle that was cut out of this version. Well, more time spent doing anything in this
3: is is they were wise to cut it down to two hours and five minutes or whatever they were. So that means there was supposed to have been an intermission in this thing, which, you know, because a lot of those old movies that have overture also have intermission where you see another still shot of something and you are able to get up and, and go pee or get a snack right in the movie theater. So that got cut as well as, yeah, based on what you're saying and just based on my <laughs> You know, seeing of the word overture and then looking at the running time. Yeah, there's a good hour, maybe more left on the cutting room floor from what originally was supposed to have been Probably. in the movie. Um, and that's a good thing, because this thing, this is another one of those movies that every time I paused it, there was 45 minutes left. No matter when I paused it, it was still like, holy shit, what more can we still be doing with this? Um it's amazing what you're saying about Christopher Lambert, Lambert, Lambert's eyes. Yeah. He has one expression in this thing and it's constipation. This guy is asked to poop and he can't, and he's emotionally constipated and can't do anything, but just sort of stare at you. It's really, really just drawn out. And I, you know, Ralph Richardson, thank God for, for him, In this thing, Ian Holmes, too, in the scenery. When Ian Holmes Holmes is struggling to keep his head above water in this thing, and I'm not buying the brilliant, incredible Sir Ian Holmes when I'm so glad you said that. Oh boy, I liked faking it. Oh, I'm watching it going,
2: I I, I couldn't tell. I'm I'm thinking, and I love Ian Holmes. I fucking love him. I love him. And I don't think he's bad in this, but I am watching it going, is this campy? Is he playing? Is this is camp? because he's camping it up. It's really over the top. Yeah.
3: Nobody was reigning him in or, or they're taking his worst takes. You know, Hugh Hugh uh, Hudson is going give him well, more in home and then he's giving him more and he's going, that's the take. And it's like, no, it's not the fucking take. Don't give him, don't take that take. I think you just nailed it on the head and I'll, I'm sorry I'll, and I'll, I'll let you keep going there. Um, I'm done with this movie, with this podcast with you. <laughs> this is the last movie So waste of my goddamn t- No, please continue.
2: <laughs> no, the <sighs> thing that Ralph Richardson, I'm, wonderful. Go ahead. I'm confused about this movie. I, I will <laughs> we'll talk the club. more, but but one of the the crazy things to me was there there seemed to be a really tenuous hold on the editing. Like I was very confused yes. how the scenes were placed, where they were placed. They seemed almost out of order at who times. Is that kid, who is that other kid
3: who shows up out of nowhere in the scene where they're dancing? where he's in Andy McDowell dancing and then there's another kid and he's clearly developmentally disabled. And then oh, Brian yes. Fox, not Brian Fox, Brian Fox. Yeah. From Reigns of the day. James Fox. James Fox. James Fox is, is whipping him. And I'm going, who is this? Who is
2: this character? Editing Fred editing. Where are the scenes? That was, I actually wrote that down because you first see him. The first time you meet that character, it's when he's getting whipped. <laughs> And and first time you at, see him is in the dancing
3: scene, and he's getting whipped soon thereafter.
2: Oh, he's, he's, yeah, you're right. He's jumping right. around he, the
3: room in the dancing scene, and I'm going, "Who the hell's that?"
2: Right, Who you're right. That? And then you see, and then Greystoke is very protective over him. Right, but it's not until then. There's a scene after that where they're going with Ra- well, Ralph Richardson showing him all the land, and it he says, he's says he's soft "He in the goes, head. oh, he's a little soft in the head." Yeah, and I'm going. Know. Well, shouldn't that, shouldn't that scene have been before? Shouldn't we like that, that character be introduced yes. in a way beforehand, so this way we understand maybe why Grace Stoke, well, Christopher Lambert's character is so you know protective over how much so we understand
3: who he is and why he's at the estate. Who is he?
2: Well, but you could say the same thing about Jane too. I kept thinking I'm like, well, I understand there's got to be a Jane, but why is she there? Who is she? What's her relationship? There is a
3: line about she's,
2: she's my ward, she's
3: his,
1: isn't she? Oh, so it, is she not actually his cousin? I thought they said she something like she calls about him
3: uncle, but then in a couple lines later Ralph Richardson says that's my ward okay. from America. So, oh, okay. is she related so, or isn't she? Another thing that got edited, well, somehow. Well, that's good if she's not
1: Related to Tarzan,
3: <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> Before they fuck. Um. <laughs> Speaking of which, the the, the biggest takeaway <sighs> I got from this whole movie in this rewatch is that oh my god. Now we know what it would sound like if Glenn Close ever overdubbed a porn movie, because that scene where they're about to have sex—it's just moaning and groaning—and you're going, "Oh my god, that's Glenn Close!" Oh, that's Glenn Close! Just in a, and all I'm picturing is Glenn Close in like an ADR vocal booth, going, uh, yeah, mm, like doing like a smoochy noise." I'm going, "Oh god, this is—I so know this is weird. I don't want to watch You've
3: this. never seen the outtakes from 102 Dalmatians. Go <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I can't speak.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember liking this when you saw it in England, Fred? No, so here's the thing. How did the British audience react? Were they like... Bravo, Ralph
2: Richardson. Everyone else, crap. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and did no, they call him I, Rafe Richardson? Because that's what here, I wanted to
2: call him. Here's the thing. I remember going to see it in England, and I remember being just as befuddled and confused <laughs> and <laughs> sort of bored but intrigued as well. Because I remember being excited about this, and I don't remember if it was because— I had the book. I can't remember if I had the book before or after this. And it was also, and I mentioned this with Clash of the Titans for me. I was always trying to find something that would be like mine. That would be like in that Mm sci-fi fantasy genre, but different than what everyone else was into. And there was a point, like I seem to remember I, I read uh, Conan comic books. At this oh, okay. time. So it seemed like in that realm as well. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, maybe this is it. So maybe I, I had the book first and I, I do have a, a recollection of reading the book and being like, well, the book's not as cool as the cover. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't as exciting. <laughs> and that's sort of the movie too. So does this follow the book? I don't fucking remember. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember at all. But then I also remember the Log magazine because and I remembered very clearly of the, it, it, the cover was Christopher Lambert on the cover near a snake. There was also there was an advertisement for Temple of Doom and Dreamscape. And Daniel yes. like this search for Spock. That was all on the cover oh, hello. of this particular Starlog.
3: Hello. Do you still have that? And can you send it to me?
2: I'm sure I can probably find a picture somewhere online. So, I... I have a search for
3: Spock Burger King glass, gentlemen. Oh. Whoa. Burger
2: King glass
3: with is, Christopher Lloyd. on there? No, Christopher Lloyd's on it.
1: What does that got to do with anything?
2: I remember going to see it and remember thinking, this, I don't know, this isn't what I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. And mm. watching it again now... Yeah, it just—it seems like it's—it's a—it's a—it's a muddled mess of a movie. I even in the beginning, you know, things just sort of happen there. You know they've crashed on the Ivory Coast. Then it jumps ahead, and oh, do you see Richard Griffiths mm-hmm. as the uh, the, the mm-hmm. captain of the ship? Yeah,
0: he's yeah. great. Who was His great? Moments.
2: His first scene, I was like, oh, that's really good. And then he disappears, and he shows up later. He shows up later in that scene with David Suchet. Yeah, yeah. I thought um. which could have been so
3: much more exciting. That, that scene. scene was he weird just too. He fire and leaves. Oh that, man, that was
2: another weird cut. Stupid. They the, the, it, it burn, the, once it goes into the. So here's the thing: the beginning, I was sort of into watching it. Now I wasn't. I was I, I was uh, half and half on the gorillas on the apes. Some of them looked amazing. Some of them looked like Itchy and and Nala, you know, from uh, the Star Wars holiday. And they all and there were some noises that it. it, it, it sort of there was in many ways it felt oh like watching God. the Star Wars holiday special because the first hour of the movie is just uh, just noises and shit.
3: Oh, now and, and I, did- I watched in the I watched late. I watched part of it late. Uh, or, oh, not no, early, did you watch early with subtitles? With subtitles, and as if we needed, who, 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 <laughs> he, he, he. I'm telling you, thanks, Amazon, you boneheads. I don't <laughs> need who, who, who. Hello- I was ch- stifling laughter because I was Unless like, it's wow.
2: Hoo, 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 hoo. And then you know you're watching <laughs> Always with Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> always. <laughs> I liked the beginning part. I thought the kids were great and I was watching it now going they're going for it that's a that's a naked little boy swinging on a vine that's you know and it reminded me of what my babysitter used to make me do back then (laughs) (laughs) ah the French but I was thinking oh wow okay they're really going for this and there was something very primal you know, they were re- yes. just like, and I liked that. It was almost like fly on the wall. Like, this is really what it would look like. Yes, it was long. And apparently it was even longer, those scenes. But you're really going to see, Hugh Hudson is going to show you what it looks like if- a boy is being raised by apes In a very realistic way It's fucking dirty and muddy And naked And uh, I, I actually agree. thought that stuff Was pretty interesting It jumped around a lot I couldn't tell which ape was who There was no like I had no idea Like at the end when he's like He's my father I was like oh wait, really How do you recognize him no, that's From true. the I place That was ridiculous But I like that but then And I remembered when Ian, I was like, oh, Ian Holmes coming. And I was so excited Mm -hmm. because I'm like, oh, this is great because now I know who Ian Holm is. And it starts with that voiceover and that that seemed out of place. It seemed like they added that after the fact. And I was like, just thinking, what is Ian Holmes doing? He was, he seemed very silly. He seemed like, he seemed like he was playing Napoleon in Time Bandits. You know? Oh, they burned down the outpost. And then you just hear this bad narration going, hmm. I think it will be harder than I thought. Yeah. I will have to teach him manners. <laughs> and then it's just like really? Right. He just yeah. burned, they just killed uh, you know yeah. David Suchet and Richard Griffiths and you know I'm like ooh this this training the monkey boy will be more difficult than I than I would have imagined. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho. Ah the French <laughs> I don't know.
1: I am very I had never seen this. I had never ooh. wanted to see it. <laughs> when we had this weekend coming up, I was like, oh, good. I'm romancing the Stone. That'll be, that's, I was remembering it, even though I can say that when I was younger, I didn't love it. I felt, oh, maybe I'll like it more now, or, or, or I know that's entertaining and I know those actors are great and stuff. But Greystoke, oh, my God, it always seemed like, oh, it just looked like homework. I just never <laughs> wanted <laughs> to watch slog. it. And, Yeah. And then the fucking overture comes on. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, it's really, it's so pretentious. It's so pretentious. And then I was like,
0: oh, that's uh, that
1: that landscape is pretty. That, that's a, that's kind of beautiful shot. That vista is, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was, and I'm watching it late. I put it on at like midnight and I was like, I'm going to get like, I'm going to get like 40 minutes into this and I'm going to have to wait and watch it tomorrow or something like this, but I'm starting it too late. I I couldn't stop no. watching it. No. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I really, uh, it's what you said, Fred, about the beginning. I was like, I was pulled into it because I had yeah. no, I think it helps that I had no interest and I have no affinity for Tarzan. I've never seen a Tarzan movie. I don't, uh, other than the Disney cartoon, I guess I saw. I, So it was all pretty new to me. I'd never seen like what the Origin of it, like how he ends up in the jungle with the apes, I thought it's very interesting because I it was very clear that the the apes were actors wearing Rick Baker costumes or prosthetics mm-hmm. or whatever. Whereas with uh, Gorillas in the Mist, I couldn't tell you if those were apes or people dressed as apes or any of it, you know, much more. Artfully and, and more convincingly done in that film, right. but but I'll say there was something about knowing that it was like watching it, and knowing that it was actors, knowing that it was makeup, where I could appreciate it for that in a way that I couldn't with Gorillas in the Mist because I was like, are those just apes or are those costumes? I don't know. Boy, so there's that's almost so something interesting about being to me able that to you're tell. That. I don't know if that makes any kind of sense, that something about just that little nod to the, the, the artifice of it, being aware of the artifice made me think about it more as, oh, a human's performing and a, a costume that was made, and you know what I mean? And yeah, appreciating the art behind it, because I'm way. not being convinced that it's a real monkey at any point. So whatever, so that's one thing. I'm I, on the
3: opposite end of that spectrum. Sorry yeah, sure. to interrupt your train of no, no, thought. No, no. that's okay. I, I'm going, uh, that's, a that's a person, that's a person, that's a person, that's a person. That's all I'm doing. I'm sorry, I'm on, I understand really what bother you're saying. It me though, because I was like, I wouldn't really expect it to not
1: be, I guess, yeah, is the I guess what time, you're saying in the 80s it's like what am I you know what I mean I, they
2: originally wanted to do it with real apes well yeah you would you would think you would Yeah think. they wanted to do it with real apes but they also realized that they, they some of the stuff
1: that, they're trying you know? to do, yeah. Some of the violence and whatnot. Yeah, some yeah. Of the stuff movie. you just
3: can't train apes to do. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, yeah. I'm so glad you brought up Gorillas in the Mist because that movie does it seamlessly, even though some of them are puppets, you know. Mm-hmm. And but it's mm-hmm. not a person in there. I don't think. Maybe at sometimes it is, but you, you're right. You can't tell. Um, but but I, at you every know, moment that it,
1: I wanted to say "fuck you," movie, it kept winning <laughs> me over because it was like oh, because the the, no. the overture and then the and then the credits where it's like Sir Ralph Richardson is Lord. Greystoke the third of the it was like those credits with in Chaplin where Mm -hmm. it was like you know it's like and so and so is so and so and I'm like get the fuck out of here just list the names if I want to yeah if I want to look it up later I'll look it up later just just scroll through these a little (laughs) more quickly but yet then Ralph Richardson comes on screen and I'm like oh my god he's so good you know and I was I loved him in it I did not have the issues with Ian Holm I, I mm. was not expecting much of Christopher Lambert and Andy McDowell, so they didn't bother me. I really went along, for and everything you're saying, I get. I don't really disagree with anything you guys are saying. The <laughs> editing is choppy. I was like, did I fall asleep? Who is that kid who is that, <laughs> a disabled kid right? who's yeah, all right. of a sudden getting whipped? I, right. was like, I was like, I don't know. I guess he's a guy who lives here now. But somehow... <laughs> Somehow the movie just kept holding me and I was like at for something I didn't want to see that I was kind of already primed, felt primed to dislike and watching it at an hour when very often when I watch one of these movies too late. I feel like I'm not giving it a fair shake. Like, I feel like I wind up giving it right. a lower Sheila than I should because I'm tired and I'm going into it tired. And so I'm acting like the movie's boring me and I have to really force it to, out. You're headed
3: into first daughter territory. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: But I did not feel that way with this movie. I kind of said, "Tell, show me the story you want to tell me. Show me these. I, I, I'm going to go along with it. And I went with it. And I can't give you... A great intellectual rationale for why I think it's a, a good movie, or or that it it, it deserves any it kind of was Critically accolades.
2: acclaimed, the critics. It, l- it, I was reading it old was reviews. Mixed, I
1: guess, but um, it's, there were
2: more positive than I was. I was shocked. People, I mean, and, and the times are like you will not see a better movie this year. Oh yeah, no, no there were
1: some that were really high on this. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and I think and it was nominated for best screenplay.
2: Yeah, which uh, is which is hysterical because do you know the story Ralph about Jackson? this no. Robert Town Robert Town, you know, sort of disowned. He he wrote the majority of the he, screenplay. He's one of the uh, He wasn't happy with the final product, time. so he mm-hmm. it's a pseudonym, and he, the pseudonym oh. he used was the name of his dog. So they say it's the first time that a dog oh. was ever nominated oh for God, an Oscar. So, oh come yeah. on! <laughs> I
0: can't speak.
1: I was happy to be watching. I was like, I was like, I'm happy to watch this. I never watched it in 30 years or whatever. And I'm, I'm, ha- or 40 years, my God. Right. That this mo- And I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I saw it. Finally. I, I know Dan is, I know you can't believe it, but I'm like, I'm like, I, I thought it was, yes, but it was, it, it, it was probably overambitious, but, but it actually executed a lot of things pretty well i thought and i i i found it i i found mo- it very engaging i found it, i got like very this, involved in it a movie like this has no got to tick a few for it. It. it's got
3: to tick a few boxes for me okay mm-hmm. he's got to swing from vines he does that i need a tarzan <laughs> yell i didn't get it till fred till fred said it, <laughs> till fred did it. i need somebody in this thing to say meet tarzan eugene i need that <laughs> i didn't get it and i need ted wasp running around the well, that's we that really may or needed. may not be. Well, that's the thing. There's a self
1: seriousness to it that is like that is like not unlike what Christopher Nolan does with his Batman movies, which I right. love, and what Matt Reeves does with his Batman movie, which I'm not so much a fan of. Which is like we're going to make it so real that the names you want to hear and the things you want to see, yeah, if, it go line, if it doesn't blind, if it doesn't feel realistic enough, you're not going to get the. The fun of, or the recognition yeah. of hearing that. You know what I mean? It's like the way yeah. the last two movies that had uh, a person playing Catwoman in them, the, <laughs> you never hear the word Catwoman. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so the fa- right, that's yeah. what I thought of in this movie when I'm saying like, I guess they're never going to call him Tarzan. Yeah. And I guess you're never going to have him say yeah, exactly me, Tarzan. <laughs> but, the, but, but you know, so, he, and you kind of want that iconography, but at the same time, again, because it doesn't mean. Like I don't have like an affinity for Tarzan. I was like, right. Yeah, just tell it to me the way you want to tell it to me. I, um, I
2: appreciated it for that. I, yeah. I, I mean, it was obviously like we were joking in the beginning, they were trying to make like the definitive, you know, the true story yeah, yes. of Tarzan. And I I said earlier, I tend to I, I lean a little like, bit. Santa Claus the movie. Exa- a little yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah. it, it was, yeah.
3: This, this is, is the to- most like that movie of any shot.
1: And then he died in the snow <laughs> and then Dudley Moore brought him back. <laughs>
2: it was like that. You're very, you're right. That.
1: That's the comparison. Yes. I, I
2: definitely, I, I, I sway a little bit. I don't, I don't think I wouldn't ever want to watch it again. I don't think I need to see it again, <laughs> no. but I do tilt a little bit more towards your views on it. Jason, I didn't think Christopher Lambert was terrible. No, um, I, I just, didn't. I liked, I, I did think, I thought the kids pulled off some of that stuff a little better. I did when yes. he was like at his ape, like when he was just like throwing himself around on the pool table, I thought that was great. I, I thought like the that. physically. He's incredible.
3: Physically. Yeah. He's incredible. I really in liked this.
1: that. I liked but, the, the weirdness of that.
3: I want you I both to see a movie and it's, I'm going to sound more pretentious than this movie in recommending it. I want you to see the wild child by Francois Truffaut. Oh, okay. I, want I was you to go just reading that about that movie. It's amazing. Uh, it's my, our, our, it. our great teacher, Jerry Delamater taught the course, uh, an O'Tour course at Hofstra. And, um, a good chunk of it was about Truffaut. And it was my favorite of all of the, tr- that one and small change were my two I've favorites. I've never seen a Truffaut film. Oh, you're going to love them. You're It's funny. Them. I'm reading they're this
2: great. book by Mark Harris now called pictures of a revolution. He also wrote uh-huh. the Mike Nichols biography, which I highly recommend, oh, cool. but it's, but it's about, but cause apparently Francois Truffaut, they wanted him to direct Bonnie and Clyde. So they're talking yeah. a lot about him and they're mentioning all these movies and I'm going, Oh my God, you know what? I don't, other than Close Encounters, I don't think I've ever seen one of, <laughs> I don't, uh, I've never seen one of his movies. In. No, but they mentioned you, the wild child. They talk a lot about that in yeah,
3: this book. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's about this feral child. I won't give too much away, but he, you know, it's a lot of this same yeah. kind of thing where they're trying to rehabilitate a child that's been living in the wild. And it shows you how, what really would happen. OK, mm. he's not going to be jumping around one minute, speaking perfect French the next, then learning Latin the next, then being able to mimic people, you know, including James Fox's voice perfectly, which is his superpower, I guess, never yeah, gets used like, in yeah. any kind of significant way. Then five minutes later, he doesn't know what a hairbrush is and is like, <laughs> grr, grr, and you know, trying to brush Andy McDowell's freaking hair. It, it, it doesn't tr- nothing tracks in the in the in the in the progression of his you know uh, of his efforts to be civilized yeah Yeah. um uh, but it's good
2: at mimicry is that i was trying to figure that out what is that something that because that seemed and you know so it's it's so interesting because in a lot of the reviews i read they were all tickled by that they thought maybe at the time like the sound effects were were great like the sound design was ahead of its time but i i found all that stuff a little bit silly. I get It's very
3: silly because it's clearly not him. None of it's him. He, a human but when can't you do hear him. him
2: make noises, it sounds even sillier when he's like, ah, you know, it's like Schwarzenegger pulling the thing <laughs> yes, out of his nose is. and in Total Recall. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Why did I like it? Why did I like
2: it? But I did <laughs> like Christopher Lambert. I liked him. I did. I, I like him better Highlander. That's what I'm saying, I guess. Oh, I, mean, there I can not be only i that one either. I don't
1: know that... I, I think this might be the first time I've seen Christopher Lambert do anything. I don't yeah, know if I've I seen him in a movie.
3: I haven't seen the Highlander movies, but I remember Roger Ebert's review of Highlander two, The Quickening, and he was like, This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, it's the worst movie of this year, whatever move whatever wow. year it came out, and it is it's zero stars. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the first
2: that. one's probably bad too, but I have such a fondness in my, my memory of it. Yeah, and the Queen soundtrack. Is. So but it's probably if I went back and watched Sean it, i would be like, Wow, well, this terrible. He yeah, isn't it, yeah. yeah. Playing yeah. a Spaniard, so there you go. Of oh, course,
1: playing a Russian and, uh, and the, the, the the submarine one. What the hell is that? Hunt for Red October. It's like right. he, he, he get and
2: Christopher away with that. Lambert is playing a Scotsman. So you know who, yeah, who knows. Well, then there you go.
3: That's right. That's right. Well, there you go. Um,
2: um, but
3: how nice to see it. back to the, you know. Let's bring it back to a positive. Ralph Richardson is wonderful, Freaking terrific in this, and I'm sure it it's lovely. not. I'm sure this is like you know this is nothing for this guy. I mean, this is, you know, doing a role like this, but it's, and I know, and it said that he passed, you know, the final credit is like in memory of him. So he, I guess he, he passed, passed in 83. Before it came he passed out.
1: before it was released. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Before it was released. And so and he Oscar got an Oscar nod for costumous. it. And he's just lovely to watch. And my favorite moment in this is when he's, you know, Lambert's at the, at the table eating the soup from the bowl. And he's like, that's oh, quite yeah, right. That I hate spoons as well. And he and he drinks his soup from the bowl and everyone's like, oh, jolly good. But R- Richardson, is <laughs> he, wants he, to lovely, be, yeah. he wants to be a kid again. He's an old man who wants to be a kid again. And that's that second is a, childishness. You know. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Look right at you all, shakespeare good. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it was really lovely to watch him. And then, you know, spoiler alert, the way he goes is like oh that's that but but at, at the same time it's kind of beautiful because he's reliving he's like, his childhood trying
1: to be a child yeah he tells that yeah. story and then yes he, he acts it out and it's, yeah
2: no I, so. I, it, I didn't I didn't buy it in the beginning because I didn't understand why their the relationship was lovely yeah. but it seemed really quick you know, it's like oh, someone's coming fresh from the jungle, and he well, just he knows said, right. If
1: he's my relative, I'll know it. And know him at, at a, a glance. I see him. I'll know him at a glance. Yeah, he says if he's a I'll
2: know him at a
3: glance, he yeah, says that. That was, that was one of my favorite lines, actually. In any case, although
1: the circumstances indicate that he is your grandson, we can't prove it.
0: Of course, we might be able to do so if we were able to make tests. He's here. It is a Greystoke. I'll know him at a glance. And another thing, he
3: leaves the museum, the British Museum of Natural History. Across the street is the lab where they happen to have the ape who was his father from Africa. Are we to just (laughs) think that's coincidence? Or do we think that the other guy from chariots of fire the real douchebag mm-hmm. he, that he went back and got that ape somehow like he went back to where the expedition had originally and was like bring me apes for specifically from there it, it the the uh, the outlandishness of of that coincidence mm-hmm. i could is another thing that i was like you have to be kidding me that's the ape that was his dad give me a break
2: yeah, that was weird. I didn't, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know it would have made it To me it would have been Hollywood baby. Yeah, it, but it <laughs> exactly. would have been just it
3: felt very Hollywood. Yeah. It
2: would have been just as moving and maybe even more moving if it wasn't an ape that he knew, yes. but just more yeah. the idea of Oh my God. So this is what this civilized yeah. society right. does. Mm-hmm. They put these things in cage and they, in cages and they cut them up. Yep. This is who it, I am. It didn't need didn't to, be to a spa. personalize
1: it to that degree. You're right. Yeah. You're right.
2: I think it would have been more affecting that way, but that's the scene. Go back. If you, if you, if, if, if your rental hasn't expired from Amazon, go back. <laughs> the scene where they're where um they hunting the apes and they get attacked by the pygmy tribes. Watch yes. Ian Holm in that scene. Watch what he's doing. He's doing nothing. He's literally going. It, 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 he reminded me of like, it was like Laurel and Hardy in March of the Wooden Soldiers. Oh, I know the yeah. exact moment you're talking
3: about. Yeah. He's like. R-r-r-r-r-r. Yeah. It's like, I was like, are you in a cartoon now,
2: Ian Holman? Yeah. What it was he very doing? goofy and weird. I didn't very know what was strange. going on. Again. Love Ian Holm. Oh, yeah. And and the thing that you always, I always remember reading (laughs) in Kenneth Branagh's biography, Beginnings, they talk about the big thing about Richard, uh, about Ian Holm at that time. They'd always say anything you, in film, they'd say anything you can do, Ian Holm can do smaller. That was like (laughs) his claim to fame on film. (laughs) Not in this. Not in this movie, (laughs) I guess. This is one of
1: his most, if not his most outsized performance. And and I'm talking like even when The Hobbit. Turns evil a little bit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> things, and he's like, telling yeah. it. <laughs> it's
2: it's time bandits. That's what it was." And that's when I thought, "Wait a minute, I've is this supposed seen to be time campy?" Bandits. Oh,
3: you'd love it, Jason. Oh, oh,
1: I know, I know. I can't believe I have never seen it. Or seen you bits might not, not like it because you're
2: not a big because it's. What? I mean, it's very Monty Python. You know, I mean, Terry mm. Gilliam. But yeah. oh, that's a movie it's I so love cool. so dearly. That one brings me back. That anyway, oh, one I'm sorry, I'm
1: sorry. Weird, take you off the point
2: so weird and i love it yeah yeah anyway can we let's watch let's talk about time bandits now okay for grace stoke
1: fantastic i haven't watched it but go ahead talk
2: scott susson introduced me to time bandits as I, well i thought you were going to say scott susson in time bandits in time bandits. <laughs> <He> <laughs> plays
3: time
1: yeah <laughs> i'm picturing scott susson in like the shortest terry cloth robe possible <laughs> like it's just blazing because like the, you said you would tip, walk around the house in a robe. The tip. I never
2: is said that. It's just
1: raising the bottom of the robe, and he's like, "Would you like some juice, Fred?" And you're like, <laughs> "And you're like, you should get some clothes on before my parents get home." I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we're gonna watch a Clockwork Orange now, Fred. Come sit next to me.
3: No, let listen. me tape your eyes open, and then you'll watch.
2: <laughs> no. Scott Susson was a great babysitter, Good. and I, I'm realizing now that and he introduced me friend. to a lot of great stuff. Oh, come on. What? I don't, I don't want to disparage the name of, that you know, nice guy, I'm not throwing That's what you get here. for
1: throwing full names of people around on this I podcast. I always I am like, the girl I knew, the person I saw, the thing I did, the guy I murdered. I don't put the whole name there.
2: So... It's funny. It just comes out. I can't say. I would say Scott. That's not. But Scott Susson, it, it evokes something. Nora. No. Nora Francisconi. Nora Francisconi's semen-filled coat. That's something different. <laughs>
3: <You> filled, filled, <laughs> it. Wow. Filled to the it. brim.
2: Wow. Come on. It was my first time. I just, oh. was, so much was brewing up. Oh
1: my lord. My lord. Oh, God. So oh, enough. Sheila's? Not enough
3: spray and wash in the world for that coat. Sheila's three, Gentles. Whoa. Three. I give one for Ralph Richardson. I give one for the bowl of soup scene. I give one for Glenn Close. Three.
2: Hey, you watch this movie, you get a free bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Richardson. <laughs> don't tell me a French Christopher Lambert I think this jungle's restricted uh, I'll say restricted.
3: he would have been great as the Belgian teacher because then it would have been just been like back to school you merge it right into back to school
2: um, oh my god god what will I give this how many Sheila's I think Jason's going to surprise us and go much higher than we think Uh Jason's very stone faced. When sometimes when we do these reviews, I can't I can't Mm -hmm. get a read. When I first started like sometimes I'll be talking and I'll just see and and (sighs) I'm getting sort of an impression from Dan, but Jason's very stone faced. I'm just thinking the whole time, 72 episodes. Oh, he's just judging me. He thinks I'm a fucking asshole. He's uh, he thinks I'm an asshole. And no, so I, 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 I'm
1: bracing to be judged. That's what it is. <laughs>
2: no, you, you, I, I'm very malleable. So you give me your Sheila and then I'll, I'm I, going I, I to find my,
1: my convictions because I, I hear everything you're saying, but I was, I came away from this thing being like, maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of loved it. And I'm, Wow. Oh. Loved.
3: Wow. There
1: was a lot that I loved. I was very engaged by it. It really drew me in. I felt for the character. I really felt that, that Lambert is not amazing, but in some respects he is. That physically, he's physically, he, he does a, a great job. And I, you know, it's a very funny thing to read that like, well, this one actor, when he has his glasses off, he kind of has this hazy look in his eyes. And that's what I need for Tarzan. <laughs> sounds wow. nuts to then be like, of course, but you know what? Like, emotionally, I was connected to him, but I did. I really felt for him. I, I felt the relationship with him and Ralph Richardson, the relationship with him and Ian Holm and, and with the apes yeah. going, when he went back to the apes, I, I found it, I was moved by it. I, I wasn't weeping or anything, but I was, I was, I, I really, Enjoyed it more than I ever expected I would. I'm going to say eight. And I know that's a very high Sheila rating, but I'm going to go eight.
2: I think I might do a, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm feeling a six and a half. Now, no, no, Did anybody, anybody ever yeah. see
1: Tarzan the Ape Man, the Bo Derek oh, one? Oh, which is like oh, so, Tarzan guys. is such a cipher oh, that Tarzan's hat oh, on the poster. The poster is Bo Derek on a vine yes. and it says Tarzan the Ape Man. Can ever watch saw it. that?
2: Guys oh, no. I'm getting chills. What, what coat did you what coat did you destroy after you watched <laughs> no, that? My friend Jim brought this up yesterday. Oh, here we go. We've talked about this. This Tarzan the Ape Man was featured. That movie was featured in the first Playboy I ever got. Play-boy? Mm-hmm. Play-boy, yeah, playboy, Playboy, Christopher Playboy, Playboy, which I've talked about with September Susan, November Nora, right, Donna, right. Wah Wah Wiki, Wah, 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 and, Wah, 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 and there, Wiki. so there were pictures from a Bo Derek topless, you know, oh. like bathing herself. Mm-hmm. But I never saw that movie. But my God, did it hold such mystique? Oh yeah, that was like one of those first movies as a kid. Realize I'm going. I think I'm supposed to be turned on by this. I think this this is like adult. Wow. This yeah. is adult content, and just the name Bo Derek sent shivers in places. I'm like, wow. wait, why, why am I feeling these things? Thank so, God, but no. There wasn't I never a coat
3: around because if there had
2: been, forget <laughs> it. But no, I never did see the movie. Um, but yeah. I do remember the pictures vividly that were in that issue. And
3: who placed Tarzan in that?
2: Who knows?
1: Some guy. <laughs> they literally. I mean, you wouldn't even know. Who I'm cares? telling you, Dan. Go on the internet and look up like what the the posters for Tarzan the Eight Man were. I think it's, it's Bo Derek on a vine. Wow. In scan, basically looking like Sheena.
0: But we've been in great hotels. Sheena, this month on HBO.
3: Do you know what Hugh Hudson's follow up to this yes. movie was? Revolution without
0: revolution. The Gino. <laughs> revolution. Uh-huh.
1: The thing that made me that made the vein come out in my eye <laughs> and made
3: me bury myself in Beverly D'Angelo's big ones for four <laughs> years. The beginning of
2: the end of the beginning. Cup of tea, Governor? <laughs> he, he did a British accent in that, I remember. John Adams, get did you over see? It. Yeah. That was like the, never seen. No, it. I remember seeing I that was bomb. I I remember seeing the um Siskel and Ebert review of it and them talking Ooh. about his accent and watching I remember seeing the clips from it and going, oh, that, sound, that doesn't sound like a good accent. And then when I was in college and I was like, oh, I got to watch everything that Pacino's ever done. That was the one movie that I, I said, nah, I don't want to. I just skipped over that.
3: We'll find, find everything year. else except we that. We'll find that year and we will find that.
2: Like
1: 85, I think it was the year, year after year. this. Oh, it was like fall of 85. And then he didn't make a movie till Sea of Love in 89. So it was four oh. years he went away after that. And he was probably working on local stigmata, and other, you know, his own sure, films yeah. and stuff, but right, he oh. had to take himself out of the limelight for a little bit, I think.
2: But, um, fantastic. Are oh. going to play Tarzan, I think, Pacino? <laughs> oh,
3: <laughs> oh, he would have been
2: great. you read my mind. Who,
3: you read my mind, Fred. Oh, I wouldn't get what I wouldn't given Oh, wait, gentlemen, wait, wait, I, Phone, oh my! Phone's ringing. Oh, that's
1: great. A we haven't had break. we have a phone on.
3: call in a little while. It's a regular phone. Should I, do we have time? should I pick up? Yeah, go go for it. All right, I'll pick up. Can't hello, ring. hello. You're on the opening weekend podcast. I never answer it this way. Hello, you're on the opening <laughs> weekend podcast with Jason, Fred, and Dan. Please go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, it's uh, been a while. Hey. It's been a little while. Oh, it's so good to hear from you, Adam. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening.
2: Hi, Adam. How's it going? For for people who are just tuning in, they don't know, Adam is one of the brothers. Adam and his brother, Jacob Joseph, were in a movie yes. called Baby's Day Out. They, they, were, baby. they were babies at the time. Uh, and they've grown up. And Adam is part of the uh, the, the the, what is it, the worker's... Uh, force, the workforce, the, the,
1: the, The freelancers, right? Freelance. I'm, part,
3: I'm part of the freelancers uh, workforce, as, as is my, uh, my brother, uh, my, my brother, uh, Jacob Joseph, where I'm, uh, I'm, I've, they've picked up,
0: Did, they've picked up the call. Oh, great.
3: I'll put this down.
0: Oh, Jacob could, Joseph. Face. Hey. <laughs> I like to
3: t- sometimes
1: I tell my ice cream to stay so it doesn't disappear before I can finish it.
0: What, what uh, flavor I are you said having stay. tonight?
3: Oh, jeez. What flavor are you having tonight, Jacob?
0: Jordan? I love Rocky Road.
1: <laughs> really How does. are you boys That's doing? Weird, Al. That was weird. Al. I'm that good. Was
3: good. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> we, we are uh, now. You know, uh, we, uh, we have been. Uh, well, maybe you don't know this. Maybe you don't know. We've been contacted. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been contacted mm-hmm. by uh, our old friends, my old uh, girlfriend, and Jacob Joseph's old
0: girlfriend. Yeah, we, we did it.
3: Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Sheila uh, and uh, and Richard, because, you know, they've had children now. You know.
2: Them. Yes. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. people just tuning in because they're big Greystoke fans. Go Sheila ahead. was our number one fan. That's right. Um, dated. Both Adam and Jacob Joseph, at a yeah, certain point, I can't remember. Anyway, turned it. into a murder hornet and is now married to Richard Dreyfus, uh, and they've just had children. So <gasps> they've had children. He's follow, had, follow her, he's, that if you oh. will, my children. Yeah, Dig if
3: you will, so. this pictures. They're really awful, Richard Junior and Richardna, and they've sent us some pictures. But they need help. They need help. There's really no one helping them up there, uh, in Seattle. And of course, Jacob Joseph and I are baby experts.
0: We are baby so, experts. They, yeah. As you know, Fred, I know you know
1: this. Um, Ed Burns and the character of Pantangeli yeah, from The Pantangeli Godfather. Yeah, and Burns. Part of, yeah. Yeah, they had they, did, did they not
2: work? Are they not working there they,
1: anymore? No, it didn't work out because did one of them was out? fictional and dead. And the other one was Pantangeli
2: from
1: <laughs> The
0: Godfather part two. <laughs> I, I think I got that mixed up. But.
3: <laughs> no, you didn't. No, he didn't.
1: Yeah, no, 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 they're not oh,
0: doing no, it ben
2: now. no, Burns didn't work oh, out.
0: It
3: didn't work out. So we're, we're trying to right now, Jacob, Joseph and I are trying to raise money to get up there. Uh, to uh, uh, to you know outside of uh, outside of Seattle I mean TV. all things
2: considered that probably makes more sense that yeah. the babies right. the former babies then yes then that Ed Burns and a a fictional dead character would become from the mafia but we, we yeah.
3: are literal baby experts having played yes. babies you know Jake, Jake I, does still tried, a baby. I still try baby he's tried one. every diaper on the market he still plays a baby and, he's, and I could still play one if I you know chose to because I have that kind of range
0: you're very yeah. good
2: you, you can play a baby ardwolf. How how are Thank the ardwolf tendencies going? You were you were hybridized into a half human, half yes. ardwolf by the, the nefarious Doctor Merlot. If I if I remember correctly, right?
3: You are remembering that absolutely correctly. Half yeah. human, half ardwolf. Every once in a while, I have very good therapists. I have a very yeah. good team of therapists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jacob,
1: in a way, you're is-
2: like Tarzan. You're like Greystoke. Like it's it's, it's the animal nature versus the human so nature.
1: Yeah, he's gotten back so much of his former human. Manity.
3: Thank you, Jacob, Joseph. That's why I'm calling. Oh. That's why I'm calling because you know we we watch all the movies every week that you guys uh watch for the podcast, yeah. and this one really, really rang true for me because you know it's it's it, what Christopher Lambert is going through, and this is a lot of what I went through, and I'm still kind of going through as far as my wild side and my you know and my. Human side, which which you know, I think Jacob Joseph, you can agree. The human side has been it's been you know steadily getting it's better. It's been winning. You, like, drop oatmeal on me or something. <laughs> it's been winning. It's been. Who's
2: good. been your Ralph Richardson? Who's, who's or your Ian Holmes as as Mr. Pacino? Been sort of uh, guiding you to your to your humanity or where does, Every does
3: that Every once in a while, Tote will FaceTime us, which is ironic. Because <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <exactly. laughs>
1: I always think I'm like you've dropped the call, and he's like, (laughs) no.
2: no, I dropped my face." face. (laughs) (laughs) Time.
1: Oh man!
3: But the reason I'm calling, we need, we need. That reminds me, I
1: better check on my ice
3: cream. Still, still melting. Rocky tote, you call it every once in a while. (laughs) The. So we need money. I'm not calling to ask you for money, but we need to, you know, get up there uh, to the Pacific Northwest uh, to the former compound yeah. of uh, the nefarious. So, are you
2: asking up. our 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 listeners to send in money well, so that me. you can yes. travel up to the to the Pacific West? As as
3: Northwest? usual, I have legitimate legitimate oh. business ideas. Ah, okay. That I would like to see if your listeners would support, and it would see which ones you guys uh, would would support. Jacob okay. Joseph and I came up with some some really yeah. really great ones, right, Jacob? Let's
0: hear. Yeah, yeah, yours were really good.
3: Thank you. Uh, a, a new French restaurant, a new French restaurant. The legend of buffet blokes, fjord of the crepes. Wow.
1: It makes me proud of him just when he says it.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow.
1: We all know. It's so fancy. It feels elegant. It feels like I want to put on.
2: I want to. (laughs) What do you want to put on, Jacob Joseph? Other than the tuxedo
1: colored diaper. It. I want yes, it was a tuxedo. It was like a fancy diaper. I was trying to think of a fancy <laughs> diaper. Like I want a like a glitter <laughs> diaper or something. Like a, like if Joan Collins <laughs> is wearing a diaper, which she might be.
3: I'm pretty sure <laughs> she is at this
1: or point. Or
2: just a clean diaper, one that's not that filled with your own good. feces. Yep,
3: for once. That yeah, would be you great. Know. A diaper with a dicky, And I'm not talking about <laughs> what's in the diaper. <laughs> Now listen, <laughs> the legend of Buffet Blokes, Fjord of the Crepes. We all know that Fr- the French are very famous for their crepes and that, you know, part of the French landscape is the fjords. Yeah. Do I have that right? And the French men are called blokes. <laughs> That's, mm. The legend of Buffet <laughs> Blokes, Fjord of the Crepes. Good day. Good. I'll do my best French accent. Good day, okay. mate. I'm... Buffet bloke and welcome to the fjord of the crepes. I do a really good French accent, don't I? No, I My am. international crepe buffet features various meats, cheese, and other rare and exotic food items from around the famous fjords of France. If you can fit it inside a crepe, we can fit it in front of your goddamn face. You can even put an, now here's where the connection back to Greystoke. You can even put an ape in there, or just the most delicious part of an ape, because as we say in France, Bon (laughs) Ape-tit. The legend of Buffet Blokes, Fjord of the Crepes. It's crepe-tastic.
2: Gentlemen, what do you
3: think of that idea?
2: I'm, I'm hungry for ape tit.
3: Um, yeah, it
1: sounds. So,
2: I mean, so I'm sold. You, you sold me good. on that. You got to really see
3: it good. in the movie. You literally saw a lactating ape in the middle of the movie. That's where I got the idea.
2: <laughs>
3: That's oh, great. Oh, where was that Nora is-
2: Francis Connie's coat in that scene? Oh no. That's what I I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I like okay, that. Okay, so of the what, movie. what's your other business idea? What else? What else you got? Part the movie,
3: Jacob Joseph. With the I liked tip. it because
2: well, that was because it was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: A oh. pitch to a Chamber of Commerce's travel bureau. A pitch to a Chamber of Commerce's travel bureau. Very specific Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> yes. Go Lansing alone. <laughs> when you think vacation destination, what do you think of? An island in the Caribbean. An amusement park. Something else fun. Well, if you're like me, you don't think of any of those things. You think of Lansing, Michigan. Lansing, Michigan. Yes. We've been there many times, haven't we, Jason? Yesterday. Whether you're learning why gravity at the of- Oh, I thought you meant like
2: Lansing a boil, but alone. Oh, that's good it's too. It's like that though. Yeah. <laughs> the whole city
1: <laughs> it smells like-
3: Sorry, continue. It, so you're in Lansing, Michigan. It's a similar experience. Whether you're learning why Unlike
0: Greystoke, which was a simian experience. Oh, that's good. I'm sorry, I had to get that's it in there because I no, I usually don't think.
3: <laughs> you're thinking so well today. It's going, you it's really going are. Good. I think it's the it's rocky good. road.
0: Oh.
3: You guys
2: are working so well together. You're so complimentary of each other. You've come so far. There's yeah. so much bickering in the past. You've really the therapy's working. Therapy's it's really, working.
3: It's yeah. really where very little wolf comes out anymore. Whether you're learning why gravity at the Impression 5 Science Center or you're feeding live maggots to Cody, the Madagascarian lemur,
2: lemur, is it lemur, lemur? <laughs> when I, Christopher Lambert says it, yes.
1: I always say why gravity when I fall out of bed. <laughs>
3: Why you would break up? I say, why I, gravity? I go,
1: yeah. why gravity? And then I have, a, I have a camera up on the ceiling to capture it. When I look <laughs>
0: up to it. I'm like, why gravity? <laughs> and then I get the footage. And I it hasn't gotten me any hasn't gotten me any parts yet. But no. But I'm on camera. Not taking now. over TikTok.
2: You no, have Oh, I could put go- it on TikToks. Yeah.
0: You go viral. Oh wait, did you say TikTok? I'm saying Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, lemurs. Or you're feeding live maggots to Cody the Madagascarian lemur at the Potter, Potter Park Zoo. Or screaming obscenities at the right fielder at a Lansing Lugnuts baseball game. Lansing, Michigan is so much fun. You don't even need a goddamn companion. You can go alone. Go Lansing alone. <laughs> that's, why, that's why he's the brains. So, what do you think, Jason, Fred, Dan, of the two ideas, which one would you invest in so that we can have some money to go up to Seattle and help our friends, Richard and Sheila, raise their two beautiful hideous children?
2: <laughs> I don't know if they're my two favorite ideas of yours. But they, we only
3: have two this week, so. I beg your pardon?
1: I have romancing the scone. I thought I could, that could be, I, I could set up a tent outside of the crepe. The tit crepe place and I could just, <laughs> I thought Wait, if that, if you liked that one, then we could just go but j- fully into pastries.
3: Jacob, and, that would put you in competition with, with my business, with the buffet blow. Why would you, why would uh, you want to be in direct? Why
0: no, would you want to be? It. Could you, you want to no no no, 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 no. I'm
2: going to Rocky Road. I'm going to get your Rocky Road. No, that's fine. Hello? Oh, oh I think, boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. That was a, He mm. went full Ardwolf there. Yeah. And there was no Ralph Richardson I or think, Ian Holm to stop him.
1: Oh, no. I think... Jacob Joseph was just trying to, I think he was just going to, I think he wanted it to be a side business for the, cra- I don't think he meant to. I don't uh, think he meant no, it no, to. No, but, but he he you know, Adam, he's got so brother. many issues to, with
2: his brother. He's got so <laughs> many issues. he's trying to and compliment just, him. Yeah. I, agree. I think if, I if, agree. if Jacob Joseph, if we, you know what, if we can get Jacob Joseph back, but have him audio dubbed by Glenn Close, <laughs> that might soothe the Ard Wolfian beast a bit more. But but other than that, this is just, this is something, it's it's like Cain and Abel, you know, it's like as old as time. It's just the, the battle between brothers. It's true. Um, it's very true. Yeah. You know. yeah. But that being said, they, you know, they're, they're it sounds like they're doing well. They they're would, doing why, okay. You almost went
3: pantangely there.
2: That being said. Adam goes one way, Jacob <laughs> roth- goes another. And Gray Stokes says, <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> wow.
1: they're like Cain and Abel, but they're not able to do much of anything which is, <laughs> thank you very much
0: <laughs> next time on opening weekend <laughs> <laughs> <Next time>.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's right that's good that's good
2: but we should say should yes thank them? you to everyone who's been listening and to, and to keep listening and keep putting the word out and find us on the iTunes and the Apple Podcasts and the Spotify's and and, and check out the website openingweekendpodcast.com and wherever you find wherever you find your podcast you're going to find us sitting in the corner <laughs> wearing the terry cloth robe staring at you Ooh. trying to get you to maybe watch a movie that you shouldn't watch <laughs> a above your age range but just trust it It'll be okay. Just go we're with like, it. We're
0: like, we're your cool,
2: nerdy babysitters. Right. That's right. us. We're going to take <laughs>
3: care of you. We help you suss out those movies. Aww. That We help you
1: suss them out. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 72 of Opening Weekend. Next time, we're going to skip forward two years to the spring of 1986 and the April 11th release of Offbeat starring Judge Reinhold. I know this is a movie that I've never seen, but is uh, is it near and dear to your heart, Fred, or does it give- There's it, a
2: bit of trauma involved in oh, this okay. movie. Oh, okay. A so, bit of trauma. Right. Oh, so it's yeah. gonna
1: be hard for you to watch this one.
2: Yeah, oh, oh, it's, it's oh, gonna bring oh, back oh. some memories of, I don't wanna say, I, I dare not say her name oh. again. Oh, God! Keep all,
3: the, keep all the coats out of the room. Keep <laughs> all the coats <laughs> out of the room.
1: So yes, we'll be looking at Offbeat, starring Judge Reinhold. Critters, the gremlins inspired creature feature directed by Bill and Ted's Stephen Herrick. I think it was his first film before Bill and Ted and the low budget cult classic, The Toxic Avenger. So that's like, that's like two kind of low budgety horror sci-fi things uh, in the mix next week. I've never seen. I've seen critters, I haven't seen the other two ever. But, oh, wow. okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to Toxic Avenger. I don't know would what to it be Would it that. be
3: out of bounds to call next week a schlock fest? <laughs> Pray yeah. it
1: probably. It probably is. It probably is. That kind of like right before summer, right yeah. before the big releases come along and they're rolling out some kind of negligible content, but which Ooh. should be very fun to watch and talk Great. about. Uh yeah, that's next time on opening weekend. Dan. What you got for us?
3: All right, so I'm gonna see if my uh, can my hands do uh, uh, uh. let's
2: see. Let's see what happens. Can they not? If, if, can if they, your can hands can't, I know another part of your body that probably could. <laughs> Wait, I'll, I'll
3: do that again. Wow. <laughs> I can't do it.
0: That's
1: very hard. Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. That's tough. Get, your mean, hands aren't your your hands. You you do music. Your hands do music. They don't yeah. do guttural Yirdling, jungle like noises. Jungle yodels. <laughs> <Jungle laughs>
3: but I want <laughs> <But laughs> to have the same superpower that Tarzan allegedly had, which is the power <laughs> of mimicry. Let me try one more time. Close. Not it, even it, yeah, yes, if I were in a jungle and I
2: heard that, I'd be like, that's Tarzan. <laughs> or Dan Matisse doing his hand farts. All
3: right. I guess we got to do Romancing the Stone by Eddie Grant, even though it's not in the movie anywhere. And even though one of the final credits is Romancing the Stone song by Eddie Grant. You never hear it, right?
1: I don't think you hear it. I don't but think I remember, so at all. I remember the music video. Being Superman all playing Superman. all the time in the yeah. spring of eighty-four and yeah, and they would have clips from the movie in the music video because it was tied I have to no that. No
2: recollection of it.
3: Uh, I think it mm-hmm. went a little something like this. Something like that? Yes, that's it. That's it. It and is a it is do you remember Eddie Grant's other big hit. Cat.
2: We're gonna rock down to Electric, electric Avenue. Yeah. yeah. Good. Out in the streets. <laughs> out in the streets. So good. Trash is swinging, and the dead monkey puppet is singing. Oh, neat. It's
0: <laughs> meat. It's meat.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it's what's for dinner. <laughs> The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff.
2: Thank you for listening.